Welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Worldwide Willis. This podcast is brought to you by the League of Melanated Gentlemen Podcast Network. And today I have my guys. It's it's kind of a reunion today. Uh, long lost reunion. I got my guy Morgan in the building. What's up, man? Hey, how y'all doing, man? Thanks for having me, Brandon. Uh, yeah, it is a little bit of a reunion. You know, we, we've crossed paths uh, at our, you know, our day jobs recently. But yeah, yeah. We, dude, we were on this podcast thing before podcasts for what they are now, man. We should have kept going 15 years ago. We might be in Bro. different spots right now. <laughs> You're right. You're exactly right. For those that don't know, man, we was on podcasts in like 2011. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we was we was way ahead of the game. We was at a little studio. We both worked at a school newspaper at a college newspaper. And uh, yeah, we was doing our thing. You know what I mean? It was, it was probably, you know, and the, the podcast was solid. You know what I mean? It wasn't we had, trash. We, look, we had intro music. We had an announcer saying our names on there. Yeah. Um, we had structure. You know, it was a production. We even had weekly guests. Like, no, it was, hey, not to toot my own horn or toot our own horns. But hey, like I said, if we, if we just knew what we knew now and kept exactly. doing that from 2011, I mean, it might be the best podcast on YouTube. You never know. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's a fact. I mean, yeah. It's crazy, man, because, yeah, it's just wild, like, to think going back to that day where we was on writing random-ass stories, doing reviews on albums and all kind of random stuff we was doing. Uh, I was the uh, sports writer uh, for that community college, Brandon, and the, I don't know if you remember, the the only sport they really had was intramural flag football. They didn't actually bro. have real, real, you know, this wasn't like <laughs> Cam Newton's community college or, or anything right. like that, you know, they literally right. had intramural volleyball basketball and football and then one team was undefeated all year long and then they lost the championship so for what it was it was actually some intriguing storylines like i i had like a new england patriots uh losing in the super bowl kind of storyline to, to follow so hey it was all right bro I, t- I think i took over as a sports writer after you i think and yeah it was it was awful like i was writing about swimming i was writing about Freaking, yeah, like flag football playoffs. I mean, it was awful. Hey, no so offense like, to, to swimmers, but you know, it yeah, doesn't translate I mean, to uh, you know, exactly writing too much. Exactly, that's not what you sign up to do. Uh, you want to be a sports writer, but but yeah, it was a good time. Uh, definitely learned a lot. But yeah, just to let y'all know, we go way back. Uh, Morgan, can you give people like the a background of like your wrestling like relationship with pro wrestling, like going all the way back as a kid and whatnot? Man, okay, so uh, not that it matters, but my other career, my my previous career, I left my dream job. So I was a sports anchor, you know, local news uh, ranks mm-hmm. for about six years, seven years. And, like, that's all I wanted to do growing up. You know, I'm not the biggest dude. I know I wasn't going to be playing in the NFL, so I wanted to cover sports. I loved the NFL, loved college football, go Tigers, loved all that. <laughs> so I'm like, I want to be a sports anchor. I love sports. But before I loved sports, I was a wrestling guy, man, from, like gotcha. – you know, 1996 or whatever, you know, I'm 32. I was born in 91. So when yeah. I was 10 years old, I'm like, it's the height of the attitude era. So I'm that typical, I'm, I'm a basic, you know, dude, I'm a stone cold, <laughs> just die hard. I'm looking at a stone cold Funko pop. I got a stone cold vest. I spent a hundred bucks on a couple months ago. Uh, I've got like two different <laughs> Austin 316 shirts, uh, even as a full grown adult male. So right. I'm like attitude era, you know, fanboy, which we'll get right. to that in a second as uh, a, <laughs> right. Somebody was called that last week on Raw, Um, but I'm basically that. So uh, but I stopped watching and the years they kind of get tricky with me and I don't know exactly when. But around the time it became WWE, around the time I think Stone Cold left 
not for his first neck injury, but I think he like took a little hiatus after that. But it was yeah. right around the time I think The Rock went to Hollywood, too. So it was basically right before the Cena, right before the Ruthless Aggression era, I checked out. And I checked out for maybe 15, almost 20 years. And I would just check in every year, like, let me see what's let me see what's happening. And then I would see John yeah. Cena, and I'm like, who's this guy? And then right. I would see, like, you know, Batista, and I'd see all these people. And I'm like, who are these? All they want are just buff supermodels. Like, who? they all look <laughs> the same to me. You know, I was like, I was like, Batista, Randy Orton. I'm like, what? they all wear the same, you know, gear, it looks like. Like, what is all this? Um, so I was ignorant and I still am, but I recently just checked back in what this March, uh, right around, right before WrestleMania mm-hmm. kind of, and I knew who Roman Reigns was and I've kept up over the years, you know, like I knew the D- Dean Ambrose, the shield era, um, you know, Seamus, like I've kept up with you right. know, everyone and how they are, but not really religiously until now I'm back in it, Brandon. So all that to yeah, say, I've been watching pretty much every week since uh, right before WrestleMania. I'm hooked. I'm in. There's a couple of new pe- uh, faces that we're going to talk about that kind of got me in just like everybody else. But, yeah, that's that's the lay of the land for me. I love it. I love it. I love to see it. Yeah, it's definitely – and I've had other people on who've, like, you know, checked out. They all, Everybody has a checkout period, right? Yeah. Like, everybody has a time where they're like, ah, I'm good. You know, I got life, going, other things going on. I don't really – I kind of moved on. And, yeah. uh yeah, I kind of had a similar time, so I get that. I, and I was born in 1990, so, I mean, I'm right there with you. Like, Stone Cold's the goat to me, so I get it. Um, <laughs> oh, I forgot I, to mention I'm looking at the Stone Cold Fathead that I got from Cleveland. They were handing out in the uh, Quick Alone's Arena Cavaliers really? playoff game. And, you know, like right behind the uh, the basket, you know, for free throws when people were doing, you know, signs and just trying to get the right. players, you know. They were handing out, like, wrestling fatheads. Uh, what? Yeah, and so I've got just this cut-out cardboard face of Stone Cold that I got from Cleveland, and it's, like, one of my prized possessions. So that's just adding, <laughs> you know, to the lore of that. But, no, man, like, so a lot of stuff we'll talk about today. Like, you're the expert. You keep up with it, and I'm right. in, I'm back into it. But uh, th- th- I want you to fill in the blanks for me. And, and I, I kind of come from a perspective of, you know, like, I kind of know the lay of the land. I know right. wrestling. I've been into it my whole life, but also fresh eyes. I'm kind of coming yeah. from, you know, as a newcomer and outsider, so – you know, I, might I like have some that. Things. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that because definitely, you know, sometimes and you know, there be times where like I watch it week to week, so like I'll be like, oh man, I'm really feeling this guy, and then somebody will come in who's like, I know we've had conversations before where you'll talk about somebody, I'll be like, oh dang, he is, he is it. Like you'd be like, what's up with this guy? And I'll be like, well, <laughs> you know, and I have to actually explain it to you, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. that's his, that is as good as I thought it was. Exactly. Um, so yeah, fresh eyes is good. So um, so yeah, we'll definitely. Break things down. Obviously, first, we're going to touch on match of the week. Uh, the only match of the week I have, um, the past collision for AEW is pretty good, but it wasn't no, like, match of the week quality. Um, it was the – they had the FTR, CM Punk versus House of Black. It was a solid match. I thought Brody King looked really good, which I was happy about, but it wasn't match of the week. I thought the best match of the week for me was uh, the Intercontinental, basically – Intercontinental Championship, basically contender match. Uh, Chad Gable versus T- Tommaso Ciampa versus Riddle versus Ricochet in a four-way match. Man, that was really good. Like it was, it was, it had no business being on Raw. Like that was a <laughs> amazing match. It really showed like how stacked Raw is right now and how the mid card is super stacked. Um, and it felt like one of those like old school NXT black and gold matches that they're like mid 2010s type of matches. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just a fun one. And obviously it was in Chad Gable's hometown, uh, home state. 
And yeah, he won as he should have. The correct winner uh, won, mm-hmm. but all all of the guys look good. Um, well, it was kind of yeah. uh, not sorry to cut you off there. It was kind no. of random to me, like the 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 type of. Uh, you know, I guess four way it was, but then yeah. I thought it was going to be more of just a, Hey, it's Gable. He's, you know, back home in Minnesota. All right, cool. Um, and then the way they've kind of been pushing Ricochet a little bit lately, you know, giving him yeah. more mic time, you know, mm-hmm. kind of making him more of a face. I was thinking maybe Ricochet was going to get uh, another little bump and a little push. So the fact that Gable actually got rewarded and seeing yeah. like you said the, the right winner getting it, it's like, okay, they didn't overthink this one. Like, okay, exactly. finally give Gable some love. Cause I feel like he's been performing great and just not getting the W's like he's been needing or maybe, you know, should in relation exactly. to the crowd reaction. So actually seeing that pull off, I was like, there we go. There you go. Man, it's just like the dude is there. Like the dude's been there the whole time. There's like a whole like internet, like Twitter <laughs> community that's been like appreciating Gable for the longest time. Like, uh, like any match he has with like any one-on-one match he has with like a top guy or a main eventer, he kills every time. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it was just a, I think it was just sort of a size thing, but also like, I think him and the Alpha Academy are kind of getting over. So now they're like, okay, now we can kind of really justify pushing him, you know, uh, that extra step. But yeah, you're right. It was, Ricochet has been getting more love lately. Well, Ricochet, he's interesting just because, I mean, obviously he's like the most acrobatic athletic guy they probably got going, but it's also you know, kind of one of the things I used to think this and not, you know, no offense to him because, you know, he's got it more than I do, but he's always right. been one of those guys that's like, ah, he just doesn't have it. Like, you know, he's a good right. wrestler, but he kind of just sounds, and we were talking about this before, he just sounds a little unconfident when he speaks, yeah. you know, he'll, he'll kind of give the, and I'm going to beat you up because I said <laughs> exactly. so. And you're like, exactly. uh, all right, man, good for you, you know? Yeah. So, but, but I will say he's been getting a little bit better. But the Shaq yeah. Gable thing was when I got back into it, you know, I'm on Reddit. I'm on uh, Square Circle, R Square Circle, RWWE. Yeah. You know, I'm reading all the same stuff that everybody else does. And Gable was this guy that everyone kept mentioning. And I'm like, all right, what is it about this dude? And then I saw Alpha Academy and I'm like, who is Otis? What is going on? This is silly. <laughs> like, this is, this is kind of the stuff I would look back on like 10 years ago and be like, all right, this is for the kids, yeah. whatever this Correct. is. But Gave him a chance. And no, Alpha Academy is it. I mean, the Maxine yep. Dupree, uh, perfect, you know, obviously for the look, just the vibe obviously. that she adds to it. Yeah, uh, it's great. But the whole little storyline of her trying to become a wrestler works. Yeah. Um, Otis just has that natural kind of comedic element and that ca- uh, charisma to himself. But Gable, I'm telling you, did that move, what, what do they call it? This is from my ignorant shows, that little dead Bro, German. I, I don't even like, know what it's called. I don't even know. Like, if he, I feel like he had a name, then they just, then they kind of went away from the name, then they went back. But like they should just call it like a yeah deadlift German suplex something never, like that. That's what I call it. I think it's more of an old school like move. I think maybe yeah. maybe back in the Bruno days there were. But I've never really seen that recently, man. So when I saw him pull that off, especially his size, how in control it is. I'm yeah. like, what's going? Like, what's the catch here? But it's just all him. Just yeah, him no, ridiculously strong. It is, uh, man. And like I was saying, like I think it's more like a Japanese thing. Like mm-hmm. over in Japan, they were doing like the deadlift German suplexes, and it made its way over to the states. Yeah, like I just haven't seen people do the like into the ropes, the turnbuckle, give yeah. game momentum, and then hit him like that. It just looks really good. No, um, uh, yeah. So Gable finally get. But what do you think the, the the cap is for him? So you know, it's kind of like in the ricochet level. Obviously, I mean, it's the mid card match, so it's uh, obviously with the intercontinental championship contendership on the line makes it a little bit bigger than it normally would be. Just a random match of those four guys, but right. it's like, what do you think they're gonna do with Gable? I mean, I don't think he's gonna beat. Gunther at all. I mean, I don't think anyone's expecting that. And I mean, or, or or what do you think? Or am I wrong? I don't know. That? I don't know. I, now, for me personally, 
if he goes in there and straight up beats Gunther, I'd be hot. Like I'd be pissed. <laughs> I would I would be hot. Like Gunther should be protected at all times. Yeah. Now, if it becomes a like Alpha Academy versus what is which is what it's look like is going like Imperium versus Alpha mm-hmm. Academy, and then those two have the mat one on one match, and somehow Alpha, you know, craziness happens, and then Gunther yeah. gets distracted, whatever. Um, so I mean, I wouldn't be super mad with Gunther losing to Chad Gable because I think that is Gable's like ceiling. I think Gable's ceiling is a really good mid card champion, maybe even be a solid contender for like a Seth Rollins every now and again. But I don't I don't think he's carrying the belt at any point. The the big belt anyways. So like, yeah, like I would like to see because I know because the good thing is like we know Gunther has bigger and better things to worry about. Yeah. You know what I mean? If he loses the belt, who cares? Like that's not really going to affect him that much. Um, so I wouldn't mind it. But then also like they can't just they can't yeah. have him go in there and beat Gunther like, like yeah, that straight up. Make the make you know go through this you know imposing unbeatable figure and then to have him lose straight up to no yeah I don't exactly. think that's ever gonna happen but maybe that might be a good way you know like you said some trickery or something with it you know something to do with the stables involved and kind of get the belt off of them then make them right. focus on the the world heavyweight championship how quickly and I know this is your show this is just my no, curiosity coming out now. Yeah. Uh, how quickly do you think uh, Gunther is going to be pushed to a bigger belt? Or do you think he's going to kind of do the IC thing for a little bit longer? You think they're going to make him the longest reigning one ever? Or is he already? Is that what it was? Yeah, he's. I think he's really close. I think he's yeah. literally almost under a month, I believe, That's right. of, of, def- of winning the whole thing or, or breaking the record. I do think they're being smart. I think they are like looking at timelines. I think they're thinking, okay, Roman's going to have the belt to WrestleMania. We got to have Cody. I think they're going to have Cody, Roman, and WrestleMania, right? You can't have Gunther just out there with no intercontinental yeah. title, like, out there until, what, like, in April, right? Mm-hmm. I think they're going to have Gunther be occupied from now to WrestleMania, have Cody win at WrestleMania, and then now you have Gunther lose, and then now you have Gunther have, go up against Cody. You know what I mean? Because uh-huh. Another good guy, he, bad guy, just straight up. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, unless they change Gunther to a face, a baby face, which I just I don't see happening, just because I don't no. think it's necessary. Um, I just think that's the timeline. You do not want to have Gunther's like dominant ass just out here, like <laughs> waiting, <laughs> waiting for a title shot when it's like eh, he probably should beat everybody he goes up against. Um, unless he beats Seth, who knows? Well, who knows? I'll tell you, Gunther, Gunther, however you want to say it. I yeah. will say, man, he was another one when I kind of got back into it a few months ago. Everyone was talking about him as well, like just beloved on all the, the wrestling forums. Yeah. And at first, I'm always a little hesitant. I'm like, all right, let me see what this dude's about. First time I watched right. him, I'm like, okay, I see it. He's, you know, supposed to be this intimidating guy. But literally, like the second time I watched him in an actual match, I'm like, oh, I, I don't know what it is, but I believe it. Like, he, I feel like he could whip everybody's ass uh, yes. in WWE. And that's the point of him, right? Like, that's the right. true, like, he's just that badass bad guy that nobody can mess with. So, it works. It works for him. And then the little bit of Mike stuff that he does do, you know, he kind of gets up there, the traditional heel kind of, you know, poops right. in the crowd a little bit, does his thing, doesn't say too much. But what he does say, it kind of goes a long way. So uh, I can definitely see him being built up to be like the next, like the traditional bad guy. But um, right. they got so many. That's the thing. That's why I'm back in the WWE right now, because I feel like there are so many solid little storylines and so many solid little character developments going on where right. it's like you want to see more of so yeah. many of these wrestlers but then when you realize it like you said in that uh that uh that match the match of the week that we're talking about yeah four solid mid-card guys and it's like 
this is kind of stacked right now. Yeah, uh, it is. So, it really and, is. so and another question, uh, Brandon, what yeah. era are we in right now? Because I feel like, so we talked about Ruthless Aggression. That's kind of when I checked out. Right. And then I got back into it, or I, just recently, like this year. But now, you know, you're at the prime of Seth Rollins. You know, you got Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn still doing their thing. But mm-hmm. then you have these new faces like Gunther. You got L.A. Knight we're going to talk about. Um, so what era are we in? Is it still a continuation of whatever it was after Ruthless Aggression? Or did we have a mini era after that and we're in a new one right now? How would you break it down? Or do or is history not written itself yet? I So I it's interesting. I'm glad you asked because I definitely yeah. thought about this the other day. Because I was like, I wonder if there's a name. We're definitely in an era. Because there was the Ruthless Aggression era. Then there was the PG era. Ah, that was it. like the – right. yeah. That's the whole Cena, you know, they like leaned in on Cena is like, literally, we can't do anything to offend kids or offend families. Like, you know what I mean? And that was, that's how a lot, a lot of people lost. They lost a lot of fans during that time. Was that like and New then, Day, New Day as well? Kind yeah, of like exactly. New Day, um, was Cena. Was that when Bailey, was Bailey yeah. like the, the hug angle or whatever she was? I get yeah, hugs to everybody. early Bailey. And it was like, <laughs> even like Divas. And then a little bit before the even, I mean, the uh, women's revolution type of uh, era. But I think now, even uh, to me, I think starting maybe even like 2020 to me, like I think the pandemic era obviously was terrible for human race, but I think the pandemic era for <laughs> WWE was amazing. Like I think they killed it. Um, no. But because we got a lot of the greatest storylines ever, including the bloodline from that. So I think from like 2020 till now, we're definitely in a new era. I, I want someone to come up with a name for it, but the, the PG you know, 13 era. Exactly. Yeah. yeah like it's getting a little something, a renaissance, something. I don't know, but I feel like it's back to what, again, and we'll talk about LA Knight, but like back to that old era of like, okay, the your, your roster stacked, you got talkers, you got a big time heel. You know what I mean? You got actual factions that people care about. You don't, you know what I mean? Because yeah. Vince hated factions for whatever reason, even though it made him a ton of money. I never yeah. understood that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do think we're in a, in a definitely nice era. That's why that's why I keep telling people like that are like, I know we're casual fans, but kind of like dipped. I'm like, hey, this is the time. Like if this was 2016, I'd have been like, hey, stay away. Stay away <laughs> for your own pleasure. Stay away. No, I feel but, like uh, I, I I got into it. Uh, what was that? March, I keep saying. So yeah. and even for me, I feel like I was a little bit late because uh, I kind of picked it back up in the middle of the bloodline story when I thought that was yeah. like, at the height of it. I mean, we're still kind of are in it. I mean, it's a new chapter now. So it's kind of a not a lull. I mean, it's a big deal with the Jimmy and Jay thing going on. But right. I feel like the the like the sweet spot of that was obviously kind of at WrestleMania and a little bit after that. And it's still in a great spot. Don't get me wrong. But right. even for me. I feel like I got in kind of late because I'm like, man, this storyline seems like it's been awesome for mm-hmm. probably the past however long. What you say since yep. 2020, probably 2021. So yeah, really uh, 2020 when it started. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like if anyone's not into it now, uh, go back and watch your replays and your streams and yeah. your YouTube clips. But uh, I think right now, it, and that's the thing. The the bloodline storyline, it, it, I don't see it ending anytime soon. And I'm yeah. not saying it's on the back burner at all, which it's not. It still like takes over the entire SmackDown. But I feel like there's so many ways for it to go people i thought they wanted it to see it end at wrestlemania they wanted mm-hmm. to see it end you know at money in the bank or whatever it was a couple months ago and then now with the jimmy J thing it's like okay this could last us until wrestlemania next year so it's just no end in sight and some people think it's a bad thing some people think it's a good thing so it just depends on what you fall on that one but yeah we can and we can hop on to that like 
the whole bloodline storyline, obviously, at SummerSlam, we had the ramifications of Jimmy turning on uh, Jay, and obviously, Jay loses the match against Roman. Roman's still the tribal chief, still the champion. Um, this past week on SmackDown, we had Jay supposedly leaving the WWE. People are really buying into that shit, too. They're like, Jay's no longer on the WWE roster. I'm like, you guys are fucking idiots, bro. Like, you really believe in that man just on national TV. It was like, I'm out. And then just yeah. bounce. Like, come on, dog. Like, that story. Come on, my guy. But, um, but yeah, do you think, like, the bloodline, I guess I'm, what I've been thinking about lately, I'm like, you know, like, I think of, like, sports with a shot clock. Mm-hmm. Is there a shot clock right now on the bloodline storyline? Or do you think they have a lot more bandwidth to go to where they could, you know, make it even more interesting, get kind of back on track? Well, great question. Also, I like the shot clock thing, because uh, for me, because I got into it a little bit late. So I feel like, you know, I'm different. I feel like if you've been keeping up with it like you, I think obviously your answers are going to be different. But I will say the last little turn um, at SummerSlam, you know, when it was uh, the betrayal, I right. was kind of like. First of all, I was shocked. I was yeah. I, when he. I mean, once you saw the, you know, pull the pull him out of the ring, I knew who it was. But once he did the right. old little fashioned, you know, pull his mask down or whatever, it kind of felt like, you know, I like to talk about the attitude era a lot, but it did feel like some old school, just like, uh oh, yeah, it did. Ooh, oh man, it's, oh, like that. I did not expect that to be the case. But now it's like, does the fatigue set in now? Because it's even though it's something we didn't kind of see coming, I guess at this point, it is kind of like okay. Are we just pulling out what we've got to pull out just to drag it out? Like, of course, yeah. did we kind of see the brother was going to turn on the brother, his brother, just because that's all they have left and all they have to do? Right. Or are they going to make this intriguing in its own right? So it just depends. I mean, it's kind of a cop out answer, but it just depends on how they do it. But right, right now, it kind of does seem like, eh, you know, let's milk this sucker out for all it's worth. Because <laughs> I'm right. like, yeah. like, it could have crescendoed, it could have ended for the most part. Um, but now it's this whole other thing going on. So I don't know. What do you think? I I mean, it's a good answer. I mean, I, I think I'm a bloodline guy, right? So mm-hmm. I was, you know, obviously I've been in it since the beginning. Um, the bloodline story from the beginning with the, when it was just Roman and Jay and Paul, that was great. Then when uh, Jimmy joined on, it was like, oh, shit, we took it to the next level. Then they took a little flyer on Sammy. It was like, all right, this will be a little one, two-week thing. Then it turns into this phenomenon that carries them mm-hmm. for the next, you know what I'm saying, year and a half, two years almost. And, like, yeah, I mean, I think for me personally, I like to see the the bloodline is the best when they're actually together beating up on people. I don't think – I think the story kind of took a dip when it started becoming internal drama just because, like, the nods to internal drama was always interesting, but the actual, like, just straight-up betrayals, now you got to actually fulfill on it. And it's like that – I don't think they've done that, honestly. Kind of like um, the Judgment Day, how uh, Finn and right. Finn and Damien got that little, you know, that little understated, yeah. you know, kind of like animosity going on. But they'll bury it for a little bit. They'll do the fist bump. But it's yeah. like, oh, you know, that's bubbling up soon. Something's going to happen exactly. with that. But I feel exactly. like yeah, with the with the bloodline, it's kind of, I guess, maybe the plateau or the crescendo is the right word. But, yeah, I feel like maybe the height of it we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's maybe where and again, not to say that it's bad going forward or it's boring, but maybe I do think. You know, we maybe have plateaued on it a little bit, and now we're on the downslope of it. Uh, yeah. But that comes along with any storyline. I mean, how long has this been going on? I mean, it's it, it's not a bad thing that it might be on the downslope. You know what I mean? Right. I, I think I think they – I don't want to say they they did it too early, but, like, if, you, if your goal is to have Roman – 
keep the belt all the way to WrestleMania 40. Like, I don't know. This is tough to be, you <laughs> know, a lot I mean? of time to buy now. <laughs> yeah, you got to buy a lot. You got to fill a lot of time. Uh-huh. And with I feel like it'd be a lot easier to fill that time with the bloodline beating up against new contenders, new people, rather than this internal stuff where, OK, how are you going to, you know, how are you going to explain why at the end of the day, why he still has the belt? Because, I mean, the point of the whole thing was due to the bloodline is the reason he has all this. You know what I mean? And so I just that's why he's the tribal chief. So I'm like, I don't know, man, it's I I think there is a little bit of shot clock on it. I think people because I'm even seeing on Twitter, people are like, man, Drew should have won it. He should have won his Mm. match now that all this happened. You know, Sammy should have won it, even though those people are idiots. Still, (laughs) I get I get some like, oh, I wish such and such happened just at that moment. But like people are dumb and don't think out full all the way. No, yeah, I agree. And then going back to what you said, how like maybe they did it too quick because, I mean, even though it's been going on for three years or whatever it is, I think what they did too quick, like you just said, was that internal part of it. Because now, even though the brother, you know, Jay, uh, Jimmy turning on Jay and all that is awesome to watch. It is like, oh, wait, because that wait, cause what I'm trying to say is they had the solo aspect. Then they had yeah. solo turn on uh, his brothers and they had, you know, they kind of chose sides and then it was against Roman. And then now this is just the okay, more internal struggle, just have more internal struggle. Let's have the brothers really betray each other now. So right. now that it's bad, it's just kind of expected like, all right, we're, we're just going to go through all of the different possible elements of betrayal internally. And then, <laughs> exactly. it's, like, then it's like, okay, well, we still got seven months. So... Exactly. Like you're just going to have, all right, he betrayed on him. Okay, now <laughs> have we had him betray him yet? Okay, let's yeah. just do that. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just like, and I heard a rumor is they're going to, a Survivor Series, they're going to do all four in like a four-way match to whoever wins as a tribal chief. Because each of them are kind of each representing themselves at this point. You know what I mean? Solo's kind of solo. What's the thing with Solo? So is he just going to get mad because he accidentally got speared? So now is that going to create strife with Roman? Or, you know, just block, you know? I guess. It just still don't make sense. The Solo thing still don't make Like, he hasn't had a (laughs) definitive, like, oh, I get it, Solo. I get why you did that. He hasn't had that yet. All his stuff is just minor Minor shit that you know he just he, gets mad on the side and just yells yeah, he, and then just yeah, does just, something and then it's over. Yeah, it's like, all right, something like takes him off and then he starts looking at Roman crazy and it's like, uh, what, bro? Like you, you would, we wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for Roman. Like yeah. you need to relax. Everybody's just uh, getting a big old head and big egos. They think they all should just be something right now. You're right, yeah. right. So and that's the thing. Like if they do that at Survivor Series, okay, Roman's gonna win. Okay, what what next? You know what I'm saying? So it's just. It's tough, and also, I think the Bloodline story has kind of eaten SmackDown alive a little bit. Like it's kind of like it's it, it held, yeah, it held up SmackDown. But right now, SmackDown is the worst show. Like, like just straight up, like um, just for like man for man, SmackDown still has some cool stuff. Obviously, we'll talk about LA Night, but like, yeah, but I mean, it's like, yeah, but like well, they moving wrong, him wrong around step. now. Yeah, yeah, they even put him on Raw to get the ratings up on the USA. But yeah, like exactly. I said earlier, Raw is stacked. You got Ricochet, you got Gable, you got Gunther, da, 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 Seth Rollins, Cody. Yeah. Uh, yeah, who does SmackDown have besides the Bloodline? And, and I guess, like you said, LA Knight, sure, but he's also back, like, going back and forth to Raw. Because even on right. this one, LA Knight had what was that thing on uh, on Friday? It was just a random match. Bro, just bro, it was, 
Yeah, just, match or, just to yeah. say we put him on TV. That was in the, the storylines on Raw. So it's like, okay, so he's not on SmackDown because now his main storylines with the Miz. So exactly, but not to get too far ahead. But yeah, it's like SmackDown. They really do just ride the bloodline into the ground, and it really yeah. is just a variety hour. I would hate to see if it was a three-hour show. SmackDown's still two, right? Yeah, it's still two. It's yeah, still boy. two, and yeah, it's and that's the thing. It's like, yeah, they just they in the women's division felt this too. Like I guess Raw women's division just kind of the same. Like. They took all the raw women's talent, most of it, moved it over to SmackDown, and now they're like, "What happened? Why can't we get anybody?" It's like, "Well, your drafting was the reason," and like, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. I think the bloodline, low key, they need to like take like cut down their time just a little bit, let some other people eat, or just just like kind of do what you did with LA Knight. If somebody mm-hmm. got a problem with somebody, they can just pull up. Don't matter what brand they are, you know what I'm saying? Which I prefer. I don't really give a shit about. If you got drafted to, well, to SmackDown or not. And that's not, that's another part of the, the ruthless aggression or PG era that I missed too. When they just started doing the whole drafting thing, I, I missed the boat on that one too. Yeah. And I never understood it. I mean, I get it because, you know, if, if you're the people you like are on one, you got to watch one to give the ratings there. So I get why they're doing it. I get the business aspect of it. Right. But as far as like the storyline and just the quality of shows, I feel like separating everything is kind of a buzzkill. But and right, and then it doesn't even matter. Like you said, like they're just flip flopping back and forth. The draft was just a little one week, two week storyline just to kind of talk about. And I feel like it's just out the window. Yeah, as it should be. But you're right. I agree. Um, OK, so we did, talked about the Gable push, talked about the bloodline. Um, did you see the Rey Mysterio? Rey Mysterio is now our new U.S. champion. Yeah, uh, I did. Kind of. Very interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Him and him and your boy, Austin Theory. Um, see, <laughs> I feel like we can get, <laughs> uh, okay. You want me to talk about that? No, no, I don't want to, I don't want to get off the rails too much. Um, I just didn't expect it. Wait, Brandon. Okay. So Austin theory, I think I'm not going to call it a failure yet. Yeah. Right. I mean, too early to say it's a failure. I mean, but they gave this guy <laughs> Cena, they gave this guy, all these other people and it just didn't work. Okay. Right. And then so now Rey Mysterio is the so what's going on with that though? Like I don't you walk yeah. me through that. Like I got Rey Mysterio got all the respect in the world, legend. Yeah. But where I thought it would be someone else maybe on the rise to do yeah. that. Is this like just a filler thing? Well, you know if it's Rey Mysterio, but yeah, like we get it. Like pay homage to the man, but yeah. we we get it. Like no one saw him as a new as a US title contender, but I think what it is is they want to they want to move a different direction with Austin Theory the character, so they're getting the title off of him. I think the original plan was uh, for Santos to take it off of him, but you know they. I wonder if they're. I wonder if like Santos and like some other guys in the locker room are like, hey, Ray might not be here very much longer with us. You know, what I mean, he might retire yeah. at some point soon. You know, his son's in a good spot now. You know what I mean? That's kind of why he was even came back in the first place like he wanted to make sure put his son on make sure he's good solid footing you know what i mean his son is like you know in the stratosphere as far as star power right now so oh, yeah so i think they're kind of like all right this is the last run let's let's put the let's give my man a, a reward you know what i mean on the way out so i think that's kind of what this is i hope that's what it is oh yeah man you watch it we're, we're gonna go into another four-year ray mysterio just right. storyline or something like that where he becomes I really a man hope but not. It's yeah, just a I, weird little stall. And look, that's to me with the United States Championship, and I might ruffle some feathers, and this might be, you know, where I checked out for a few years, but I never cared about this belt anyway. And <laughs> I, I, look, and 
I know that sounds bad, but it's like, I guess, cause I got back into it and Austin theory was a U.S. champion. And I'm like, man, they must be giving this out to everybody. I mean, yeah, to me, it's, he kind of diminished it a little bit to me. I mean, even before that, it was always kind of like, obviously what it is, it's not the world heavyweight championship. It's not universal. It's obviously yeah. a, you know, a second tier belt, but I feel like when I got back into it and then they were trying to push this Austin theory guy and just was not working. And I'm like, this belt means nothing. He was barely defending it or he was kind of off and on defending it. Right. And, you know, yeah. it was never clean victories, at least when he did do it. So it always kind of felt like a cheap little belt lately. So maybe Ray Mysterio can maybe give it a little legitimacy. Then they hand it off to somebody new, but yeah, it's just it's, kind of a, you know, it's, it's a whole thing. So like, so for the U S title part, I will say they enhanced it. Last year, mm-hmm. it was a great enhancement of the, the belt. The belt was actually on Raw most of last year, uh, just because the U.S. title was on Raw. Inter, uh, Intercontinental title was on SmackDown. That's kind of okay. where Gunther got it, made most of his run. So the U.S. title was on Raw. It, they were killing it, bro. They was having classics. It was Bobby Lashley that contended for it. It was Bobby Lashley held it. Uh, obviously, Seth Rollins held it. Like, it was some great matches going mm. on. Like, the U.S., that was when Roman, like, that's when they didn't have, obviously, the world heavyweight title. So, the U.S. title was kind of the heavyweight title for Raw, right? Because they didn't have a, another yeah. title. It was occupied by Roman. So, that's when they were cooking. And that's when, that's when Theory was serviceable just because he was going up against talent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hall of Fame level talent. Whereas now, when he got to SmackDown, it was like, okay, bro, spotlight's on you. You got to take it from here. And obviously he hasn't done that. And I mean, I like Theory. I liked him. I loved him when he was in NXT with the way because he was just funny. Like he was just the dumb funny guy. He was the bro. Whereas in this one, he's just trying to be the confident, cocky. Like he's, again, like we've talked about it before. He's trying to be LA Knight. He's trying to be Grayson Waller. Yeah. And he yeah. ain't got that. You know, it's yeah, they're trying to make him like you have to have just a transcendent personality to kind of carry that right. just traditional, I'm a bad guy, you're gonna dislike me role. And I feel yeah. like him, he's got tools. I'm not, I'm not completely hating on him. You know, he's got the look that Vince likes. You know, he's super in shape. Right. Uh, that facial hair could use some work, though. Let's, don't get me started <laughs> on that. I mean, we need to figure that out. Uh, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, he just wasn't fit out for that role. And maybe speaking of, like, too soon, maybe with Bloodline stuff, maybe, like, they tried to anoint Austin Theory too soon as well. I mean, even with the John Cena thing, even though that's a rite of passage and that's what they do in the business, I mean, you just saw right through that from the – get go it's like oh yet another attempt to just make this guy liked or respected by everybody right john right. cena killed him on the mic he didn't even stand a chance in that and then the match was weird and it was. that was like a it was like a hollow it was like a hollow <laughs> passing of the torch it was that, bro, you know what i mean it wasn't like john a, cena was on autopilot that whole yeah. match bro. Well, did, and correct me if i'm wrong because this is around the time when i got back into it but didn't he just like come in like literally like two weeks before i want to yeah. wrestle austin theory now and then it exactly. happened and it was kind of no build. It was, it was really thrown together, you know, and yeah. you can tell. And that's why I didn't. It, so him beating Cena doesn't matter. Like that was the most pointless trying to get somebody really over was. type thing. And it, and it, and it went to shit. So, uh, but yeah, and that, and now here we are and he doesn't yeah. have the belt. So what do you think they're going to do with him now? Just kind of like, let him kind of go dark for a little bit. Reset. I, him I think, yeah, I think they'll reset him. I, I kind of, I hope he goes babyface. I hope they put him with Johnny Gargano because I hope mm-hmm. they're trying to build back the way, which was kind of a faction in NXT. It was Indy Hartwell, Candice LeRae, Johnny Gargano, and Austin Theory. And they were hilarious. Like most of their stuff was like backstage stuff. Um, it was like more comedic. Like they were villains, but they, it was really, it was funny stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think they tap into that especially there's plenty of room on smackdown to have another stable um so i think i hope they do that with them maybe repackage him a little bit um and yeah just let him be a, a funny guy like a better version of riddle basically you know what i'm saying 
Riddle. <laughs> what, what's you know he what doing? You know, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, let him just be the funny guy in the back, yeah. do his thing. I think he's, I don't, he's not, I mean, Riddle's amazing in the ring, but I think Theory could get to that point. Um, it has a little more like ceiling as far as star power. It's just, he just hasn't been, I, he's not a natural heel, I think. Uh, like, even seeing backstage stuff, behind the scenes stuff, like, he's great with kids. Like, he's just not a natural, like, asshole. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and he's I been. I can see those clips of the of the way. Yeah. That, that's my uh, when I was checked out and my ignorance. Uh, I didn't really see. I didn't have too much exposure to the way. So when you're right. describing this, I'm like, hmm. I yeah, want to see how that would work. It's it's funny. He does some funny stuff, bro. Uh, one time he was talking to um, what's my dude's name? God damn it! Um, Carrying Cross's girl, Scarlet. Oh yeah. He was talking to her. <laughs> it was just hilarious, bro. He was like. He was like talking around it, and you thought he was like describing her her like breasts, but then he was describing something totally different. And the whole time you're like, "Bro, what are you talking about?" And it, it was just funny, man. And uh, I think he has really good like comedic timing. It's just it's hard to do that as a heel, yeah. and you don't have a people around you, don't have vets around you to kind of help you out. So um, I think he'll be fine. I mean, I think what I'm hoping with Ray Mysterio, this is what I'm hoping happens. I'm hoping Santos obviously has a little fake injury, whatever, whatever. Then I hope, you know, he lets – maybe they have a celebration next week, right, for Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio got his belt again, the Hall of Famer. And then Santos turns on Rey Mysterio, mm. makes the LWO a heel faction, and let, lets Santos be the leader, kind of like, you know, a nod to, like, Eddie Guerrero when he was the leader of LWO. Ah, okay. Because, like, Santos is a really good heel. Like, he's naturally a heel. He's kind of just been doing the whole – Babyface thing, he can do both, but yeah. I think his star powers as a heel. So I'm hoping he turns on Ray, because that's what it like in the '90s in WCW. It was LWO versus Ray Mysterio. They was trying to get him to join. He didn't want to join. Blah blah blah. I hope this time they do it in a new, you know, new age version. And then obviously Ray and Santos can go for the title again, go against each other for the title, you know, and hopefully Ray loses. But that would give some backbone to it, yeah. Because like you know, Ray Mysterio just beating Austin Theory out of nowhere, kind of like all right, yeah, cool. But there's no like meat to that bone, so I feel like yeah, with the Santos thing and the family thing and the LWO, that would at least yeah. give some real legitimate story to it. So right. they should, hey, they should make you a writer. <laughs> hey man, sign Put me up. Call me. Put you in there. Yeah, call me. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. This is the U.S. title reign. I mean, I hope Santos somehow turns heel and gets it. But if not, hopefully he can get it. I, I like Ray. I like Ray, mm-hmm. but Ray ain't Ray ain't the work he used to be. Yeah, he's and not, yeah. like if he goes against Seamus or somebody, I don't even want to see that that murder. <laughs> it's like like that would be a body like a bloodbath. So, um, so yeah. So we did want to talk about our key thing here. Uh-oh. Your boy, hey. I'll put you. Your boy, L.A. Knight. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. I try. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, LA Knight and the Miz, man, had an outstanding promo last week on Raw. How do you think about it? Oh, man. All right. I don't want to get too uh, sensationalistic here, man. But uh, real quick. So, LA Knight, another one of those people I was reading forums about, and I was like, why does everybody like this guy? I, I missed out on the whole TNA Eli Drake thing. Yeah. Barely knew who this guy was. I just knew all the Reddit comments were like, oh, this guy's got it. Oh, he's so charismatic. Watched a couple clips. Actually lived up to it. it so there's a part of me that's like, do I like him because everybody else likes him or do I like him because right. he actually is talented? I think it's both. Yeah. Because it is interesting, you know, as we're 
we're not kids anymore. You know, even though I'm pretty immature, we're not like kids in the fact like we're <laughs> going to believe we believe everything on screen. Like we right. to me, the interesting thing about wrestling now is like the behind the scenes stuff. Exactly. So you see someone getting a push. It's like, oh, and this is how I try to explain it to all my friends that are not wrestling fans or like even girls, anybody, anybody that's like at my house just hanging out with me. I'm like, watch this clip and I'm going to explain everything to you. Right. They're, yeah. like, they're like, like, what are we doing here? But I try to get the point across like because, you know, everyone says, oh, it's fake. It's scripted. Do, 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 do. Why do you like it? I'm like, no, here's the thing. So with the L.A. Night thing. You see this guy organically just get over. Yep. Everybody's loving him. The company's kind of like not really doing much for them. They held him off TV right before WrestleMania or whenever that was, right before Money yeah. in the Bank or whatever it was. They didn't even have him at WrestleMania. So it's like, okay, this guy's red hot, but the company's not believing in him. Is that because of his age? Is it because of this? But then he's gotten himself so over, they have no choice but to put him on TV more. And so yep. the thing, fast forward a lot now with this Miz thing, that was to me just such a, all right, so you think you're that guy? You 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 got your little catchphrases. You got the crowd behind you. You're selling shirts. Uh, all right, go sink or swim, dude. Let's see what you got. And I feel like if he if he floundered in that moment, I think L.A. Knight. I'm not gonna say over. Like I mean, I mean over as in done. But yeah. if he really flubbed up that promo battle with Miz, I don't know what would happen because right. that's literally the company right there saying, "All right, brother, go show us what you got." Uh, yeah. Sink or swim. And I think he swam. And the thing is, everyone's saying, oh, the Miz got the better of him. Oh, yeah, the Miz did this. The Miz is the Miz, man. He only does this, what, twice a year now? But when he actually wants to try on the mic and has something to work with, yep. oh, the Miz is the Miz. That's why he's going to be a Hall of Famer, I think. And that's that's kind of his calling card. He just that ultimate professional, does his thing, comes out when you need him, gives these new up-and-coming superstars the validity they do need. So now yep. that's what made this promo battle so special to me because one i had that sucker ready to go once i heard him <laughs> mention once i heard him mention la night i literally i think i like put my dog outside i didn't want any distractions <laughs> i was like uh-uh I, I, I like turned the lights off like i got into this man like i turned the volume yeah. all the way up i was like let's see what this is about to be because i'm like right. at, at least it's going to be la night just on screen again and lately that's just always been fun but i'm like yeah. oh the miz is starting to get in something here and then once he kind of started to mention the respect thing, I was like, uh-oh, okay, let me see what happened. Then it's L-A, and then whoo, everyone goes again. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, uh-oh, what's about to happen? And then when it started getting a little personal, and that's the beautiful thing about The Miz, man. I don't know if it was a shoot or a work. I'm pretty sure, obviously, that was all scripted. I think yeah. that's – I'm not going to say it was a uh, – you know, a lot of it was uh, off the cuff. But I do feel – that's the beauty of like the attitude era and what everyone loved about it back then, at least when we were kids, is it seemed yeah. real and it seemed yeah. like the actual promos were like real heat and people didn't like each other. And Triple H and Stone Cold and The Rock and all that legitimately did not hang out, legitimately were not friends. And it right. all seemed a little more real. So that's what this Miz and L.A. Knight thing really struck with me. It wasn't just two dudes that were good and had some good lines. Yeah, cool. That's fine. But the fact they did get a little personal, Miz calling yeah. out all the internet comments like, hey, oh, yeah, he's a ripoff of the Rock and Stone Cold, an Attitude Era fanboy. Wow, we've all been hearing that for months now. To yes. see it said to him in the ring, it's like, oh, oh, okay, all right. And yeah. then for LA Knight, th then it's a tough position for him because he's got to defend himself. So the fact that he came back with the whole with the whole betting on the wrong horses line, you yeah. included, not going to lie, I to me that was – just chef's kiss. And then, the, and then the right after that, when he goes, meanwhile, this Thor bread, I'm like, man, it, 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 it was just, it We're was, he, yeah, it's, it, it was the rock. It is so cold. And it's not, and I hate everyone that says, Oh, he's a rip off of those. Oh, da, da, da. no, Same. it's just a nice little combo throwback of what we all grew up loving. And yeah, 
that's why that little fanboy uh, comment hit so bad. You can tell he's an attitude era dude too. You can tell he, he is. He's not ripping he said off the he rock. Is. Yeah, he's not ripping off the rock. He's not ripping off Stone Cold. He just naturally has formed. It's like uh, quarterbacks in the league. It's like you know people coming up. It's like oh you know I'm out of my game after this player. I'm out of my game after this person. So yeah, you got to model your your game off the best to ever do it. And the thing right. with LA Knight though, he's got just enough twist to it, just enough of his own thing. Um, or a lot of it, I should say, to where he doesn't strike me as I don't, I don't think of, oh, that's Stone Cold. Oh, this is a rock. Oh, this is the wannabe. I think this is that dude. He's got a cool look. He's got a cool voice, got good delivery, got good lines, got charisma, got all the tools. And so the fact that they got personal about it and then he kind of responded back and didn't flounder. Yeah, he had that one little uh, the little hesitation. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, your, your career's your toilets in the career or whatever. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens. And I'm not going to lie, happens. though, when I was so locked in, Brandon, I was so locked into it when it did happen. <laughs> I did kind of go, no. I was yeah, like, I no. Did the same. I was Bro, like, uh-uh. I, I got I out of like, my chair. I was like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> you kind of felt awkward. It was like, it's not a big deal, but it kind of was a big deal. It's like, no, ah. it, it, I mean, you wanted him to hit a, a home run yes. just first pitch. Uh-huh. He hit a homer. You know what I mean? He was down 0-2 maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, he did his thing. But, yeah, I ain't going to lie. Like, I got out of my seat. Like, fuck, uh, fuck, no, like, Exactly. I was like, no, you – I was like, No. Get, get, yeah. I was like, stop, get back on, get back yeah. on. And, no, and but he thankfully he recovered. He recovered yeah. well. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, that, that's the thing too. Like, uh, and that's, I think that's what separates. Like, I think the average fan out there probably sees that. Like, okay, he flood the lineup. But I'm like, no, I'm like, that's more than a flub. I'm like, they yeah. expect you to be perfect in this moment, man. You can't be messing. It's kind of, it, it was, what was sad about it also is because it came after that Friday night SmackDown right before SummerSlam, that botch move with Sheamus, that yeah. whole debacle. So it's right. like, dude, you can't be giving these pushes. You can't be Mr. Underdog guy given the pushes, given these wins, and then you can't hit the move, you can't hit the highlight of the match, the spot of the match versus Sheamus. You, re- yeah. you responded well in SummerSlam. Even then, though, it took a while, and it was not clunky looking, but it was it took a little bit to happen. And yeah. then you go out there, and then you're shown, hey, go out there versus the Miz and do your thing on the mic. That's the one thing everyone thinks you're the best at, and then you're going to flub on that. So dude's got work to do. You, he's, he's being handed the reins, and he's I think he's passing with flying colors. But if you really right. want to take that next step, you can't be having those little uh, mess ups on your lines like that. And you can't be messing up the highest uh, spots, highest moments of the matches if you truly want to back up all of that fanfare and everyone loving you. Because you do that a couple more times, fans are going to be like, eh, all right, yeah. maybe he's not as legit as we thought. Because right now he's still in that little like made up land. It's like we don't know truly what he can be. But right. I'm being, I think, a little too critical. That promo battle with the Miz, man, last thing I'll say. I'm sorry. I'm taking the stage over here. No, I'm sure what do you think? People listening here are like, shut this dude up. But <laughs> I'm so passionate about this one thing, and I've watched it on repeat for a week. One, that shows yeah. you how much of a loser I am. I got not much going on. <laughs> but I've literally watched it probably about six times. And it's just an old-school promo battle. Two dudes just throwing haymakers, and it's beautiful. And then even the way he ended it with the handshake on the ground. like, yeah. it, it, that's, like that's like Stone Cold, you know, getting in somebody's yeah, face, flipping them off exactly. with a beer. Like, so it is a throwback to the, what we grew up loving, but it's all in the right reasons, and it's not forced, and it's real. And I think it's just beautiful, man, because I haven't seen a promo battle like that. And, of course, we all know, if you listen to this whole episode, I haven't been in the game for a while. But, man, to right. me, Brandon, correct me if I'm wrong. That was one of the best promo battles I've witnessed in some recent memory. And uh, I think both of them kicked it out the park or knocked it out the park. The Miz doing the, his job times 10 and LA Knight uh, rising to the occasion. So it was beautiful. No, it was. It was definitely beautiful. I think to me, it's like probably the promo of the year as far as like WWE is concerned. Um, yeah. Just because like, yeah, it was just it was just two like samurais who going up <laughs> against each other. You know what I'm saying? Like that. No. Like. Yeah. Literally, we know what the Miz like. We know what he's capable of, especially when you 
when you dig into stuff that's personal to him, mm-hmm. that he can like grow off of. Oh, like you can you can see like even when he starts talking, he gets even more intense. Oh, just because yeah. this the more real it is, like it's actual real topic. He actually did get kicked out of the locker room. He actually did get bullied. He actually did get you know what I mean, hazed and all that stuff. Um, and so now he's like you know, been here longer than all those people who hazed him and he's talking his shit, which he should. And then obviously LA Knight is talking his shit too. Like he's been, he's been grinding from the beginning. You know what I yep. mean? Um, my dude's been everywhere since like old, old two, like 98 been everywhere. And uh, yeah, man, it was, it was a great promo. I thought he stepped up to the plate. Um, it, it's a tough draw, obviously with the Miz, but that's what you want, right? Like if you're the guy on the mic, and like for the for the people to do like the impersonation thing, my thing is like, bro, if if you're impersonating it, like this is L.A. Knight has been the same his entire run. Like this isn't some new version of L.A. Knight. This is him. Obviously, came with the Max Dupree shit. That was stupid. That was more Vince oh, than anybody. I'm surprised he survived that boy. When I when I was doing some video, just watching like yeah, research on him, and, yeah. I, and they threw him in there as a manager, Max Dupree. I was bro, like, everybody. what was that, dude? <laughs> Everybody was, was tripping off that, bro. Because we was like, bro. Because uh, like I, I saw him at Eli Eli Drake teenage. I knew he was great, but when he got to NXT, I was like, oh, this is the guy. Like this is that dude. Y'all need to push him immediately. Just because because my thing is like, bro, you don't go from level to l- different levels, different environments, doing the same character and get over in every one of them, and somehow you're a, a ripoff. Like ripoffs. Yeah. Usually, if you're a ripoff and you have no talent, it only gets you so far. You know what I mean? And for him to get to this point and be the most over guy, basically in WWE, gets the biggest pops of everybody. Like no matter who is pops, coming man. out there, talk bro, about throwback, bro. dude. That's bro. an attitude era throwbacks, man. That gives they me, are every every time, literally, man. Along with watching that same promo eighteen times, I just watch you know LA Night pop videos, and I get yeah. chills, man, because I'm like, that's genuine, just reaction that is just bro. so organic. It is like us, so and it just organic, brings you back, bro. Bro, his back. he had the biggest pop of uh of uh SummerSlam. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They treated that uh, battle royal like it was a Royal Rumble. Uh, like, oh, it was insane. Bro, we people were going, like, I literally was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I should not give a damn about a mid-card Royal Rumble battle royal. No. Non-Royal Rumble related. But, bro, I was in there like, bro, you bet not. You better not <laughs> have that man get loose to any of these idiots in here. Uh, and, but, yeah, bro, it's... The dude, he showed up well. I think it's the promo of the year, WWE. And, like, yeah, man. Like, they put on the show. And, and I'm glad to see him. And like you said, bro, when they did the whole, like, Miz in the back about to take a photo shoot, she's like, mm-hmm. well, actually, you have to wait. Bro, when the when the camera panned over and I saw LA, I was like, let's go. Because <laughs> in let's that moment, go. that's such a sign. It's like, uh-oh, the push is here. Like, this is yeah, it. Yeah, it's He's time. It's now. still time. They're mentioning him, like, at the beginning of show. Like, oh, it's it. So this is it. And that, like, that goes back to what I was saying about, like, what makes wrestling interesting now. So this LA night thing, the reason I think everyone's so captivated now is because we're seeing the birth of, like, maybe a superstar literally yeah. like, happen. And not that it's, like, they're uh, – telegraphing it or anything like that because honestly people think that this should happen a month ago but right. i do appreciate how they did kind of keep them off a little bit because the, yeah. the worst thing to anybody is oversaturation so even Same. if they if they gave them money at the bank or if they even kind of pushed them at wrestlemania a couple months ago i mean people might be done with them you might need to make right. this guy lose maybe they, they need to maybe i don't know how to play it with the miz but you might need to have them lose a couple more maybe kind of keep the fans wanting like oh my god 
he needs to break through. But then it's also that fine line of if he loses again or does something, it's like, does that kind of kill the momentum? So it's kind of tricky with what they got to do. But regardless, it is so crazy because you see him, like you said, on the screen with the Miz before the promo. Then they have him in a big promo battle, which is like as much of a sink or swim moment you can have in this business. And then it's like the storyline they're going to put him in and blah, 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 blah. Like you're seeing the creation or the him doing it himself, whatever you want to call it, of a WWE superstar. So that's like the intrigue to me, the behind the scenes, like, oh, this is the guy. Even even putting him in the Slim Jim commercial, that oh is like God. a big deal. You know what I mean? That was huge. Yeah. Him and Bianca Belair, the other like damn John Cena level, yes. you know, superstar. Like, yeah, that's huge. So that's uh, huge. It's just, it's, kind of, it's just, he, and he's got that personality. And I know he's older, but dude, you look, I Google all the ages of uh, wrestlers all the time. Bro, Sami Zayn's like 39. I know they've been not at it for longer, but uh, you told me Damian Priest was 40. I had no idea Damian Priest was 40. Yeah, Damian Priest's old as hell. That's what yeah. everybody used to say in NXT. We'd be like, bro, get this dude out of here. He's old yeah. as shit. No idea. You know what I mean? So, I mean, of course, yeah, would I rather LA Knight be like, you know, 28 and be in the sure, obviously. Yeah. But also, like he said, his time is now. And it's right. coming at a certain point for a certain reason. Maybe if he came 10 years ago, it wouldn't resonate as much. But I think right. people are ready for a character like him. Yeah, I know he's got like the L.A. Knight name, whatever. But I think he is him. He is L.A. Knight. He is that character. And I think maybe it, there is a blessing in disguise to why it took so long. Because I think it's resonating more than ever. And I think we talk about eras. I think this is a new era. Maybe L.A. Knight's reign or whatever it's going to become. Him with the Gunthers and the Seth Rollins and all this and this new little crop of people coming up. I think this could be maybe a new defining era. We just got to get a name for it. Maybe. Yeah, no. Later. Yeah, I agree. We got <laughs> definitely got to get a name for it. Because, you know, like Ruthless Aggression era kind of had a name while it was happening. Attitude mm-hmm. era had a name while it was happening. We got to get a name. Well, I agree with that. But, like, yeah, like you said, like, it's just it's a beautiful time to be in wrestling. And that's why I'm glad that he's now over during this time. Like, because if he would have been over in 2016, 2013, right, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have hit. We didn't have near as many viewers. We didn't have near as much interest in wrestling in general, but definitely not WWE. Where now he's kind of, this is the moment because he has the most eyeballs we've had on WWE, maybe ever, like honestly. It's crazy. Um, Yeah, you were telling me about that. It's like they're selling out more. They're selling more merchandise than ever. It is just a weird, crazy time. And it's funny because like people like me jumped on it. Like nobody was telling me, Morgan, you better turn back into wrestling. It's just I naturally tuned into it and was like, this is different. This is different now. So yeah, whatever they're man. doing, man, Triple H, is it him? He's cooking. So whatever they're doing, he, man. He's been cooking for about a year and a half, almost two. Mm-hmm. Um, Briar, like, even his first pay-per-view, I think, was 2021 SummerSlam, I think. And that was a great card. You know what I mean? And, yeah, like you said, like, they're, bro, SummerSlam is in arenas now. SummerSlam used to be, uh, it was important, but it was just, in a, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. uh, SummerSlam's in stadiums now where it used to be in arenas. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so like, yeah, they, they're, bro, they're doing fucking like overseas big ass stadiums like twice a year now. Well, to your that point was, though, AEW, I mean, it's just a good time for wrestling in general. Cause AEW, aren't they selling out Wembley stadium or something? Exactly. So it's just, a exactly. Time. Exactly. Um, yeah, we can quickly touch on that. So AEW is going in. So right now they have their big pay-per-view all in it's in London. Um, they're kind of building the card right now. They're kind of it's kind of annoying because like we we kind of hope this car would be kind of set already because um, it's only a few weeks away, I think. But like yeah. one of the one of the matches, not, let me know if you're familiar with any of these people. So FTR, <laughs> uh, they used to be in WWE, but um, but they're a great tag team. They got the Young Bucks. Um, Heard of the Young Bucks? I, I've I've seen them a lot. And I'm not gonna lie, okay. if, if people listen to this are like, why is this guy on this wrestling podcast? But yeah, <laughs> AEW stuff. Yeah, I am 
lost to the uh, yeah. most of it. I mean, I know some of the, the heavy hitters, but sorry, you know, keep going. Yeah. FTR, not really familiar. Won't lie. Right. FTR is great. I, I love ATR, FTR. I like Young Bucks, Young Bucks and more, you know, Hardy Boys style. I prefer more FTR style, but um, that's going to be a classic. FTR and Young Bucks have won against each other twice. The series is 1-1, so this is kind of the rubber match for the tag titles. Um, then you have uh, CM, the uh, big one, CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. Obviously, those are both like, you know, household names. Um, they're going to be fighting for what we believe will be considered the championship, one of the championships. CM Punk obviously won the title, then left, uh, got suspended, came back as saying he's the true champion, you know, classic wrestling stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, CM Punk, Samoa Joe, they actually went against each other a few weeks ago in collision. It was really good. Like, I thought it was just going to be watching, you know, two washed-ass wrestlers go against each other. <laughs> but it was really good, actually. And Samoa Joe is doing really, really good. Um, so is CM Punk uh, to be this age. But the match I'm most interested in is the bromance of the summer. And that is Adam Cole and MJF going against each other for the AEW championship. So <laughs> catch me up to speed. So now they're, they're already against each other again? Well, so it's it's on, you know, it's on good terms. So like they're so just like they're just battling out. They're still friends, but they're just they're just wrestling in a match for the title together. Exactly. Like, okay, okay. Exactly. MJF basically promised Adam Cole, hey, you know, if we win these tag team titles, because they actually did go against FTR for the tag titles, they lost very it was a great match, like an outstanding match. Um and but and before the match, MJF was like, Hey Adam Cole, hey, if we win these titles, I promise you I'll give you a rematch. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. They lost. It was a great match. And MJF, everybody thought, you know, end of the match, classic villain stuff. MJF is about to clock Adam Cole over the head with his belt. You know, we all expected it's MJF. But he didn't. You know what I mean? And it was really smart not to have him do it. And so he basically said, like, hey, like, out of gratitude, uh, you're a friend of mine now. I'll grant you your rematch. So it's, it's kind of a – they're still together, but, you know, obviously they – they came together due to having a rivalry over the world title. So are they slightly making MJF a uh, babyface now, or is he still? Bro, it's it, that's he just so good. He's 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 a heel, but he's so like liked still. Is that right. what he kind of is? That's kind of what it is, bro. You should check it out, bro, on YouTube. Like, it's it's he's so good at he's low key playing like here like a babyface cosplay. Like he's doing stuff that these dumbass that he used to make fun of baby of baby faces for doing. And yeah. so it's kind of like funny at the same time because you could tell in his mind, like he's doing, he's imitating a stupid baby face and like one of those like white hot baby faces that like yeah. aren't very smart and like only feed off the crowd and all that stuff. And that's what's so good about it is because it's like, bro, we know you not like this, but yeah, we're, we're all waiting. He's kind of just, you know, exactly manipulating yeah. a little bit, just kind of, exactly. you know, machine. Exactly. Okay. We're all just waiting for the time he turns back into regular MJS. <laughs> and that's kind of what's making it in the background. But then even still, like, we're all loving this MJF, Adam Cole dynamic. Like, they've been putting out videos every week. Hilarious. Uh, the last one was they were at a trampoline park. And MJF is, you know, MJF always makes fun of Adam Cole because Adam Cole is a gamer. Adam Cole is, like, yeah. has a YouTube channel, big-time gamer. You know, MJF is like, bro, those are free versions and nerds and you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, and they were at the trampoline park and Adam Cole's having a good time. And MJF's like, I'm good. Like this is, this is for nerds. And, and he's like, well, they got dodgeball. And then MJF grabs the ball, starts throwing it at little kids and stuff. 
Uh, and he has a good time with that. And like, so it was, it was just funny stuff. They just produced some top tier stuff. Honestly, that storyline is what's carrying AEW right now. It's really well, yeah. not any other storyline. It's super great, but that one's just so good. It's it might be storyline of the year so far. Honestly, and the last thing I saw was the uh, was the uh, little video of them at the bar, and you had like the three ladies walk by. Oh, and bro. MJF is just like, all right, let's go. And Adam Cole being the nice guy and stuff like that. So even that yeah. was funny. Like they they were playing video games in that one. So yeah. Um, I need to check it out more. I just honestly, um, I've just been so much in the WWE world where I'm like, yeah. my band, my, I'm like, LA Knight, LA Knight, and all this, Bloodline, all that, yeah. all that. And then I was kind of obsessed with MJF for a few months ago when he did that one really good promo where he was yeah. just going off. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, That yeah. really got everyone's attention. And so that's mm-hmm. my that was my first exposure to MJF. And I'm like, okay, this yeah. dude, where the hell did he come from? Right. All right. But uh, no, I, I might need to start just putting on the DVR, man, and checking it out. Bro, that's what I do, man. Honestly, like uh, Wednesday nights, Saturday nights. I didn't think I'd like the Saturday night thing. I, I'm, I'm, you know, that wasn't really a thing as much in the '90s. It was kind of more of an '80s thing. Honestly, yeah. I loved it. I'm loving it so far. Like the Especially collision when shows. Football season's not here, you know. Exactly. So when football season shows up again, though, like eh, it'll be but... interesting. Definitely will be interesting. But for me, I'm not a, the biggest football fan, so I'll, I'll turn it on. But then I'll also watch Collision at the same time. But MJF and Adam Cole have mainly been on um have mainly been on Dynamite on Wednesday night. So yeah, definitely DVR it. Uh you can look up their videos, AEW on, on YouTube. Uh they put all their videos up there. It's hilarious, man. And uh and MJF, like, dude is a superstar. Dude is really is great in the ring, but obviously he's so good on the mic and as a character. Like his ring stuff kind of takes. And what background. is he like? Twenty six? How old is he? I'm yeah, yeah. He's, I think he's, he's young, right? Yeah, he's young. So that's why, like, I think whatever they're gonna do. Twenty seven years old. Twenty seven. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they're gonna do it now at Wembley Stadium, and then eventually, he's always talked about the bidding war of twenty twenty four. You know, that's when his contract's up next year. Exactly. That's when his contract's up, and that's when WWE will call. Like so- WWE will hit his line. Well, I'm glad you brought it up because I don't want to be like, you know, traditional, you know, oh, so what do you think MJF's going to do? But right. is he, and I mean, this again, I'm asking dumb questions, but like, I know he's the best thing they got going in AEW, but is he truly going to be like a top, top target of WWE and like pushed when he gets WWE if he does go there? Or is it more of just like a keep him away from AEW? He'll have a role at WWE or is he like, no, he's it. He's going to be like the next top guy, no matter where he I- goes. I think he'll be the next top guy just because, like, his his ability to be a heel, I think he's could equally be as good of a babyface if he wanted to. He's just so good of a heel. Like, he's next-level heel. Uh, he has, like, Hall of Fame-level heel talent. And so I think if, if WWE's smart, which, which Triple H is, Triple H yeah. knows, like, okay, I need somebody to grab before Roman gets out of here. You know what I mean? And so if he can get him and then that can be your heel for the next – you know, 10 years, however long, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like right now they're in a great spot right now, but then you also got to think obviously future and uh, you know, freaking Roman ain't going to be here forever. Randy may never come back. You know what I mean? Who knows? Hey, you know, you know what so, I'm thinking? Ooh. And I know it's not an original thought. Give me some MJF LA night promo oh, battles, yeah. baby. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, I could just see MJF talking about how old he is. It's like oh, all I that know. shit. It might be oh, tough for LA Knight. It might be tough for him. Hey, yeah, hey, he would go through all the cheap shots. But hey, I will say, good. LA Knight better bring his lunch on that Ooh. one. LA, LA Knight would have bring his lunch on that one. He better have some great material ready. Because oh, MJF and- will cut a lot deeper than the Miz will. 
Uh, absolutely. Hey, and real quick, not to go too uh, all the over the place. What do you think's next? And we're recording this during a raw, so this might yeah. I might date this episode. So you can cut this out if you want, Brandon. But what no, do you yeah. think is the next evolution of the uh, LA Knight and this thing? Do you think it's going to be a couple of promo battles and they're going to battle up next pay per view, or what do you think that's going to be? I mean, I'm hoping that they. I hope that program like lasts a while. Mm-hmm. Like I would love it. if that's on the next. If that's on payback, I'd be great. Like like LA Knight needs to have a singles match on a pay-per-view like we gotta that has to happen from now on you know what i mean so yeah him and and it'd be perfect payback uh literally la night eliminated the miz in the royal rumble right that's kind of what started this whole thing so like why not have them two have a program for months to have that match of payback keep it going if it's great keep it going you know what i mean that's a great starting off point for la night like as a series main eventer why not go against you're damn near alter ego, just like, you know what I mean? Why yeah. not go against him? You know what I'm saying? So, and I think, you know, Miz can push him. Like we talked about, he has some improvements to make. The Miz can keep pushing him to where he gets to that point. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a per- like I think it's perfect because it's it's putting him in the spotlight, but it's not like, you know, some ridiculous, unnecessary, like premature, like, all right, you're going to be going against Seth Rollins already. Exactly, exactly. You know? So exactly. I think it's high profile enough to where it'll still be interesting, but they got to stop doing that. What they did on Thursday, whatever the hell that was or Friday. I mean, Friday on SmackDown. Oh yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I and, totally and look, that. That was and stupid. Even, and even the announcer, and I know they have the heel announcer and the, and the face announcer, but it was true. It was like, all right, LA night saying the same stuff as always. <laughs> it, was like, <laughs> it was like, yeah. Cause he literally got the mic. Hey, yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's saying LA night. Yeah. And it was like, okay, there's no point to that. He didn't even mention right. the Miz. It almost felt like that was pre-taped, like that match. That yeah. thing was like taped like weeks ago, and they just inserted that into SmackDown. Like that's what that seemed like. It was weird. <laughs> I'm honestly, they need to get him away. Hit Row is like a, like that's just the loser faction. Like we just know whenever they're in the ring, they're losing. They're going to be the funny, the joke of the whatever yeah, the bit the jobbers, is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're jobbers. So like we need and to get him away that. from jobbers. Yeah, get him away from jobbers. He needs to be taken seriously. The Miz stuff is taking him seriously. Put him, him against fucking, yeah, them guys, keep him away from them. Something must have happened. That, that must have just been like, they probably like an oversight. Like something had to happen where they're like, oh shit, we forgot. Uh, throw him in versus Hit Row. Okay. Honestly, like this <laughs> this past SmackDown was not that good. So I think they honestly were just like, yeah, we just got to have this man on the show. If we don't have him on the show, internet is going to light us on fire. So oh. like, they, they was just like, uh, who's, who's, who's available? Oh, y'all, y'all ready? Okay. Go out there. <laughs> let him hit you with the, uh, blunt force trauma and let it be over with. You know what I'm saying? But I do think he'll be there on tonight on Raw. So we'll see what comes out of that. I'm, about but, to go, I'm having a night of wrestling. I'm talking to you for an hour about wrestling. I'm about to go watch Raw on delay, baby. Hey, yes, skip sir. those commercials. Skip those five minute commercial breaks. Oh, I my can't God. believe. Can I, three oh. hours? Don't get me started, bro. bro don't get me started on. I, I actually have a whole <laughs> rant on Hulu about Hulu because I, I usually watch it back on Hulu, and I'm I'm pissed, bro, because they be cutting my matches out. Like oh. last time, uh, Nakamura went against uh, Brunson Reed. I wanted to watch that match. They cut it out. Why are they I'm doing like, that? What the fuck? I think they want to cut out on time, but I'm like, bro, just cut out commercials. Don't give me. You can cut out like some random, you know, stupid matches, but don't cut that one out. Yeah, Let's no. Relax. Yeah. I didn't know they did that. I watched it back on YouTube TV. And so they cut it. So there's different versions. So like what airs on Bro. YouTube TV or what airs live is different on the Hulu version. So on Hulu, yeah. So Hulu, huh. like, for example, uh, I would go on and be like, oh, man, I saw an Instagram clip of Max Dupree or, uh, you know, the Alpha Academy doing something really funny, really yeah. great. OK, let me go ch- go back, uh, watch it on Hulu. 
Bro, none of their segments are on TV or on the Hulu version. Oh, they cut it all out. Business. That's just not yeah. smart business. There. I'm like, what the fuck are you? <laughs> like, what are Hulu? We got to get a Hulu a wrestling fan at Hulu and be like, nah, you can't cut that one out. Like, they're getting over. You can't cut their stuff out. You know Boycott what I'm saying? Hulu. I hope Hulu doesn't become a sponsor of this podcast anytime soon. We're just we're ruining it now, <laughs> bro. But I'm Boycott. just like, I gotta find. I either need to record Raw every week. Or I need. I like watching Hulu because I watch. That's where I watch NXT, SmackDown, all that yeah. stuff. But in no commercials. But still, bro, it's it's pissing me off that I'm missing certain stuff. And I was going. like, I, I can feel yeah. the, I can feel it over here. Keep going, bro. Bro, I just I don't I don't like not completing stuff. So like, <laughs> if I'm watching Raw, and then I see freaking Alpha Academy talking to somebody, I'm like, how the hell are they in a robbery? Like, I missed last week. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, well, you ain't the only one. So they need to fix that shit. So. Yeah, that's pissing me off. But um, but okay. So we talked about Rey Mysterio winning the U.S. title. Now we were talking about our top five U.S. champions of all time. We will probably have a little bit of overlap. Obviously, this title is not the most prestigious. It has a lot of history, but I'm gonna be honest. Didn't I'm not going back that far. Yeah. Um, as far as, as winners, I'm a WCW guy. That's how I started in wrestling. But and the U.S. title came from WCW, but. You know, there's a few title winners there that I kind of pay homage to, but for the overall, it's pretty WWE centric. Um, so yeah, Morgan, I'm sure you know from my other episodes how it goes, but it's five, five, four, four, three, three. You know, you know how it goes. Like you, um, me, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So for me, number five, I'll go first. My boy MVP. Hey. Um, bowling, but yeah, uh, <laughs> MVP. I thought he was really good at during his time. I didn't think he was good enough to obviously compete for like a heavyweight title or go up against Batista at the time and all those guys at the time. But he was just a great U.S. champion, had a good character. Uh, him and Matt Hardy's rivalry was like classic. They was out here doing like playing basketball against each other and doing all kind of crazy like character work stuff that was really funny. And uh, yeah, MVP is great on the mic. Actually, when he came back in 2020, he was kind of the big, a big part of helping Bobby Lashley get to the level he yeah. got. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just off of Mike's skills alone. So, yeah, uh, MVP is a U.S. title, U.S. champion. He's kind of synonymous in my head of, like, 2,000 guys who held it, I think, of MVP. So, really good character. Uh, held it down for a little bit. Uh, has been a few other places, but, yeah, his main WWE run, he was the U.S. title contender or older. So, yeah, number five, MVP. What you got? Keep him in mind for my list okay. a little bit later. I'm ruining it. Okay. But number five for me, I'm going to go out of nowhere. Uh Lance Storm, baby. Remember him? Hey, remember I Lance love Storm? Some Lance Storm. Hey, Come on, back man. In my, back in my heyday, man, in the 2000s, or, Lance Storm was like one of these guys for some reason. Like, I was making like graphics with Lance Storm, and I had this weird, I just, I like Lance Storm. And so, yeah. I was doing a little research on this. He held it for 115 total days. He had three total reigns. That pales in comparison to like, you know, the 700 days of all these other people and whatnot. But right. I chose Lance Storm because one, he was a guy that kind of did a little bit of everything, you know, WCW, WWF, all that, ECW, whatever. He was everywhere. And uh, I want to pay a little homage to what I grew up watching. So I got to throw a little Lance Storm on there. I figured it'd be out of left field enough for it. So, hey. no, I, I love me some Lance. I remember when he changed it from the U.S. title to the Canadian. He put the Canadian flag on his title belt. People were yes. pissed. Yes. Um, but, yeah, Lance was great, man. He was great in WCW. Uh, that's kind of where I first saw him. And obviously when he went to WWE. But, yeah, man, Lance Storm's quality. He, he, that dude could wrestle with anybody. I just want to mention that name. I bet a lot of people haven't thought about him in a while. Yeah, man. Lance Storm, good one. Um, number four for me, this this guy's 
I mean, he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I probably mentioned this on this pod on my podcast more than any other wrestling fan miss any other wrestling podcaster mentions them on theirs. But he's just one of the goats. You know, I keep it strictly in the ring. Uh, Chris Benoit. Um, Chris Benoit is one of the greatest U.S. champions ever. He held in WCW, held in uh, WWE for a little bit. Uh, he he was one of the few U.S. title like member people who like held the title, but was big yeah. enough to go even past it and go get heavyweight titles and things of that nature. Um, so yeah, man, I've always Chris Benoit is one of my favorite. He was like one of the first people to make me like fall in love with wrestling. Um, and I think that's why I love the Gunthers, the like the super intense people. Yeah. I love those guys, I think, due to guys like Chris Benoit. So, yeah, uh, number four, Kiss Benoit. And those uh, – nice accent there. And those dudes that can be that <laughs> intense and are believable with it, they just go so much further because right. it takes a special talent to, like, be that imposing figure. And so, yeah, like you right. said, talking strictly in ring, in ring, we yeah. all know, we all know. Exactly. exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can't go wrong with Benoit in the ring. Uh, number right. four for me, um, talk about some overlap in a little bit. Uh, I'm going with Booker T, man. I feel like Booker hey. T. Hey, exactly. I don't want to ruin your list a little bit, but we, you're going to be talking about him in a second. But Booker yeah. T, I feel like obviously with, with his you know title run, like his heavyweight title run, that was a long time coming, and especially in WCW when he won that belt, that was a big time moment. But also, I feel like the United States Championship, even though I kind of um, you know slandered it earlier, <laughs> I kind of for I some do. reason maybe <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah, we, we can replay it back and it's completely <laughs> just trashing it. Um, but I feel like in that little period of time that I took off, I feel like I just kind of associate the United States Championship sometimes with Booker T. Like, I just remember him with, like, I guess the runs that he did have, I just checked in around that same time. So mm -hmm. I just always feel like he did bring a little bit of legitimacy, you know, that I was complaining about that it didn't have. But I felt like every time Booker T did have it, I felt like it kind of just fit him. And it just kind yeah. of was a perfect belt for him. And, uh, of course, man, it's Booker T, dude. That's a legend Bro, right there. I just watched the A&E the a &E documentary over him the other day, too. Uh, this dude needs to be talked about more, just for what he does. Even when he's doing the NXT commentary, he's great, man. So uh, uh, any chance any chance to throw Booker T on there? What do you say, ducky, ducky, quack, quack? Uh, <laughs> what does he be saying? I forgot what I don't he's know. Saying. Sometimes shucky it's like bad, ducky. but good. Yeah, it's yeah, shucky, ducky, quack, quack. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, why I put him on there. Booker T, baby, number four. Yeah, man. I actually tap into the AEW documentaries. I haven't, I've not, for some reason or another, I just haven't watched them and I know they're there and I need to watch. I saw Roddy Piper's pop up today and I was like, oh, I need to watch that one. Well, we probably um, know everything. I will say, like, the Stone Cold AE one was great, but it's like I already knew everything because, like, you're like me, like, you just know yeah. everything they're going to talk about anyway. So it's kind of not yeah. Us, but Stone Cold was the first one I was like, Okay. Yeah. yeah, I probably know most of this. I did see a few clips like with Paul Heyman, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Mm -hmm. Never thought of it that way. But for the most part, I was like, "I kind of." If I'm if you're really tapped in, you know most of that stuff. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah, same man. Number three for me. Top Booker three. T. Uh oh. Hey. Yeah. Booker T. Man. I'm a. I'm a. You know, like I'll say it again. WCW guy. I was with. I was with Booker T. When he was a tag team uh, champion with Harlem Heat, with his brother. And then, yeah, the U.S. title was, like, the first singles title he won in WCW. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, that was the first. And, like, he had to go through some shit to get to even to the world title because they did not want to put the title on him. Um, and so, like, Eric Bischoff and then was trying to, like, hold him down a little bit. But, yeah, dude, he held the U.S. title with, like, class, and he made it look good. Like, he held it down for the mid-card, which at that time in WCW was loaded. 
Um, and then, yeah, when he made his way back up to WWE, yeah, like I think it was his King Booker uh, yes. run. Yeah, he had the U.S. <laughs> title. And yeah, man, dude was – he had the world title too at, at one point. But yeah, he was just – you can't go wrong putting a belt on Booker T. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just going to look better no matter what it is. And uh, yeah, Booker T, man, we, we already know what comes with that. You're Hall number three. Well, we're kind of going back and we're playing ping pong a little bit. I know this is yeah. not going to be in accordance to most people's lists, but uh, I've got your boy MVP in my top three. Hey, again, I like it. Hey, this is all, again, going back to the time that I, I'm not going to lie. I missed MVP's reign. That was a part okay. of the 10 or 15 years where I was like just not paying attention to it, wasn't ever right. paying attention to it. But when you gave me the list of topics and I started doing a little research, I realized that MVP had a little, I won't say stranglehold, but he was kind of synonymous with the United States title for all the reasons you were talking about earlier. And so I feel like even though it was a period of time, I wasn't watching too much of it. I feel like for this guy to kind of do his thing, kind of put it on the map as he did, and then still kind of have his impact, you know, years later, coming back, helping Bobby Lashley and now and uh, kind of making his presence felt uh, every now and then. I feel like it's a nice little uh, top three nod to MVP, a guy that, you know, a lot of people might forget about sometimes. But I think when you think United States Championship, you see him on all these top ten lists. He may not be top five for a lot of people. But uh, I'm making up for me being out of the uh, out of it for a little bit, and I'm kind of overcorrecting here. So I'm putting MVP top three. Man, I feel you, man. Like, MVP hey. is nice. And he was killing in an era where, like, like we said, like, it was kind of the start of the Ruthless Aggression era. I kind of tapped out around the Ruthless Aggression era, too. I tapped out around, like, 04-ish or 5-ish. And, like, at that time, like, SmackDown was loaded. Like, the best wrestlers were on SmackDown. You had, like, DX and those people on, on Raw. But the best, like, Edge, Rey Mysterio, Kurt Angle, Eddie Guerrero, you know, Undertaker, all those guys were on SmackDown. And so he killed in a very good era. So I'll give him points for that uh, as well. Um, number two for me. Some people may not put him in here, but I do. My boy Bobby <laughs> Lashley. But I do. But I do. My boy Bobby Lashley. Uh, I give him the nod because he took he took this. I, I mean, and we could talk about it, but this this U.S. title design, like belt design, is beautiful. It might be the best design in the whole company yeah. right now as far as title belts. But he was the first person. He was one of the first people to hold that belt during the pandemic era. Honestly, side note, somebody should write a book about the pandemic era of the WWE and the benefits of it because it was amazing. Like, people <laughs> sleep on it. Yeah. But, like, we get some of the best storylines we've ever had from that pandemic era. And one of the good ones was we saw the, like, ascension of Bobby Lashley. He held the U.S. title really well. He made it look good. He looked dominant. He looked like the guy we all wanted Bobby Lashley to be. Mm -hmm. But you, it was always something missing where during that U.S. title reign, he took it to another level. Obviously, he had MVP on his side. So he had a little U.S. title insight, a little mentorship there. And then he catapulted him to go on to win the WWE title and actually look like a legitimate winner, a uh, le legitimate champion. So, yeah, Bobby Lashley, to me, he was one of the few guys where, like, he held the U.S. title. And I was like, oh, shit, like – that title's legit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Bobby Lashley, pandemic era, U.S. champion. That reign was that reign was tough. I like the uh, – I like how, you know, yeah, of course, you know, we could – and I know you got this guy on your list, but there's some people we left out. I mean, because everyone's yeah. kind of touched this championship. So, like, of course, you want to talk about the Bret Hart's of the world and all this and all yeah. that. So, it's nice to give some love to people. A little bit out of left field a little bit. Um, and this kind of goes back to mine. I'm on number two, I think. And so, everything I just said, Brandon – Throw it out the window because I'm going chalk basically now. Uh, number two for me is Lex Luger. 
Hey. Not my, not my, you know, he's had he, he's had his warts, you know, he's got his problems, you know, in the ring and his personality and the, maybe the kind mm-hmm. of the way his career ended up. But um, this guy, especially going back to the WCW days, I mean, I feel like this dude has held every championship, but yes. um, in doing that research, uh, 523 days, that's how long his third reign as U.S. champion lasted. So the reason I mentioned that, I mean, anybody can look up stuff and get these numbers. I'm not trying to, you know, act like I'm doing anything crazy over here. But we right. talk about Gunther's current reign with the IC title. We're talking about Roman Reigns' uh, reign with his title. And then you go Lex Luger. You know, no one held it for 523 days at one time. So when you're making a top five list and you're leaving out all these names, like the Bret Hart's and even for me, uh, I do have one omission uh, that people will probably criticize. But I think you have to show a little love to the old school guys. And Lex Luger is uh, definitely one of those people that maybe you kind of gloss over. You know, you're yeah. so infatuated with these new names and, and, and modern history. I feel like Lex Luger is kind of in that in-between a little bit. So show him some love. Yeah, yeah, man. I, it's funny. His, his career has always been interesting to me because, like, he was supposed to be the next Hogan. Yeah. And then he wasn't the next Hogan, fell off, came back in WCW. Start killing it again. Obviously, teaming it up with Sting and all this other against the NWO and all that stuff. That's kind of when I was put up on him was him mm-hmm. and, him and Sting against the NWO. Yes, in the torture rack. I'm about to say that uh, was I was doing it over here. You can't see me, but I was doing my little like. Bro, I was literally the torture doing rack. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the video torture. games, I feel like he was always the main player on some video games growing up. Oh, that yeah. I played too. So oh yeah, WWE, WCW Revenge yeah. and all that. Yeah, I was I was oh. tapped in. I was tapped started. in, but uh. But no, he was a really good U.S. champion. He really he looks the part, obviously. Um, so yeah, he's he's definitely a good good uh, champion. And yeah, like you said, he has a, a long ass title reign. That's really long. Are we already at number one for you? We're already at number one. I'm doing a, I'm doing a drum roll. I don't know if you could hear it. <laughs> I appreciate that. I there appreciate that. Um, for number one for me, I want to say I'm not the biggest fan of this person. Um, I believe he is a tad bit overrated. However, I don't want to just shit on my pick, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> this pick sucks. Uh, but it's yeah. One. But as far as U.S. title reigns, I respect what he did for this title. So my number one is John Cena because there, there was go. a time there was a time later in his career, later like he's still in his prime, but a little late in his prime, where he did this whole U.S. champion like U.S. title open challenge and. It became like a like a thing, you know what I'm saying? It became a yeah. thing that, that he used to like, okay, I want to put over new talent. How do I do that? I'll take the US title and every week I just have new talent come from NXT, come from, you know, if they're already in the locker room, whatever, they come and they challenge me. Um, they would lose, but they would have outstanding matches. Like um, he would have really good matches with guys. And so I just I always respect a guy like that, especially a guy you're the top of the you know top of the food chain and you're doing that. I respect that. So yeah, John Cena's number one. I still you know I still don't think he's to the level that people try to put him at as far as superstars of all time. But U.S. champions of all time, I got him number one. Absolutely, like it, like you said, anytime you do like an open challenge thing to where you actually defend the championship, right. uh, kudos. He keeps it fresh. It puts other people in the spotlight. So. I kind of ha- I like how we're kind of maybe seeing that with Seth Rollins with the heavyweight exactly. championship on Raw. Uh, if they exactly. keep it up that way, my number one. Not gonna lie, man, my list is awful. I left off John Cena. Okay, so uh, <laughs> my number one is not John Cena, and I'm going back to old school. Uh, I guess I'm living back in the day a little too much. Uh, Mr. Ric Flair, you know, of course we can hey. talk about the 16 time world champion and all that. He only held the U.S. championship five times, but I feel mm. like 
if you want to give, uh, you know, pay homage to the U.S. championship and where it came from, I think like in the beginning days, Ric Flair is one of those guys that yep. kind of uh, carries that weight, uh, so to speak. So not much else to add. I mean, obviously, I probably should add a John Cena there. I've left out some people. And I'm looking at this. I'm looking at a list right now that I was looking at before. You know, you got Bret Hart. Another good one, yep. Ricky Steamboat back in the day. A lot of older school people, a lot of people want to get your Sting was even a championship. A lot of WCW love and flavor here. But um, I, I put Ric Flair on there just because, hey, hey, you know what? I know he's been getting a lot of attention lately. He's getting up there in age. Let's show him respect while he's still here. Uh, here. Number one on my list. But, of course, uh, if I was, you know, doing this by the book, uh, Brandon, I probably got to have John Cena in there. So, uh, <laughs> hey, whoops, I respect wh- it. Wh- whoops I respect- on that one. <laughs> I respect it, man. Hey, hey I put, I I put Lance Storm in there, though. So give me hey, something. no, I love it, man. I'm glad we had a little bit of a few different people anyway. So, uh, but no, I mean, sucks. Ric Flair, I love Ric Flair. Like, he, he obviously used that title to get to the main title. But yeah. that's when the, that's like the old school U.S. title where it like literally had a thing of the, like a gold plated like the Are full Are you looking United at the same States. picture I'm looking at right now? I've, I've seen it. Are you I, seeing I've it? Seen yes, it. exactly. Yeah. Yes. It's literally yeah. United States, uh, like topography look. On exactly. Yeah, man. It was, and like, that's one thing I love about what Triple H is doing. Triple H last year, when he was kind of doing the, like, really pushing the U.S. title, he had like a little, and you can see it on YouTube, actually. Um, I watched it today, and he, he had like a little package where he showed the history of the U.S. title going back to, uh, to like, uh, Ric Flair and a few people even mm-hmm. before him. And then going people after him and like showing all the way up to today, it was just really cool to see like how much history that belt has. Cause a lot of, I think a lot of people don't know that they think, you know, us title is strictly WWE related. Yeah. Like like, no, that title's like NWA damn near, you know, days, you know what I'm saying? Um, Yeah. For for everything I was saying about it, it is probably maybe one of the more prestigious belts in just terms of the history and where it's been and the the organization it's been a part of. So, Hey, that maybe they're bringing some uh, of that little, you know, it back to it, you know, maybe giving it to Rey Mysterio as like started like maybe a new angle with that yeah. title. But what I was saying kind of earlier to backtrack, so I mean, maybe you could edit it and, you know, maybe take out some of my disparaging comments out. But I feel like it is one of those best <laughs> that it probably just needs not like a reset, but I feel like it could just use a little more behind it, especially I think really what made me think that is the creation of that World Heavyweight Championship belt on Raw. So now yeah. where it would take the second in line when now it's really third. So or maybe fourth, yeah. depending on what you think about the Intercontinental title. So um, right. yeah, there's a lot sure. of belts out there, though. A lot of belts floating around. I mean, aren't, it's only four. Are, what, aren't Sami Zayn and KO still the SmackDown? I mean, yeah, they're Packers? still the, the tag team champions. I'm hoping they unify those. Unif- or... Unify that sucker, man. Come on. Yeah, they need That's to unify. I mean. or, or, and give us a new belt. Jesus. Those things too, are... many, uh, too many belts in the, the number. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're oh, right yeah. I think, yeah, but yeah, they need to unify those things and just give us a new belt. Like, those titles are awful. They those look, are awful. They look like participation belts. They do look yeah, cool. they look like, you know, you'd go to Target and grab a, a little <laughs> replica belt. That's what those look like. Um, and that's the thing, like, that's what pisses me off. It's like, like the title that, that Dom is, has right now, the North American U- uh, NXT North American Championship, I love that belt. That, oh, that it's belt, awesome looking. That belt is beautiful to me. That, that pays homage to that old U.S. title. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we need to get back to, like, that. And I think because, that's what Triple H is doing. Yes. But... Yeah, he's, you got to get rid of those tag titles. Because the belt first, is supposed to. Oh, sorry, my bad, my bad. No, go ahead, keep going. No, you keep going, Brandon. Sorry. Uh, no, no. I mean, it, to me, it's just like you just got to get back to where visually it looks yeah. important. Obviously, who you put it on is important. But if I see a freaking blue and red uh, <laughs> title, 
I'm gonna be like, nah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it was no. a kid's toy. Well, and it's yeah. also like the, the the type of design too. It's like the, the the new belt. Love the way that looks. That's kind of like an old school look to it. Love that. Yeah. But it's like the uh, the North American Championship belt. It looks like an old school belt. Like it looks like it has history to it. The new it look of the United States or the old look of the United States Championships, like around the era where I was out of it. It, yeah. it, it it's fine. It's gold. It's got its thing. But it's like it just says champion United States. Like. Yeah. To me, give me that big gold or give me the gold where it's got these like kind of old school, like 1400s looking like lions yeah. on there and all that kind of makes it look like it's, hey, it came from an old era. It's like been passed down. So all these yes. newfangled belts, the colors and just it's saying WWE, like the spinny Rooney belt and yeah. all that. And even the belt that Roman has right now, like where it has just a big WWE logo, like bedazzled. Right. It looks like trash. Give me something it that does, looks like it bro. came from the freaking 14th century. All right. Like it's been through bro. battle and we passed it I, down. I don't know if you've seen... You maybe look it up, but like the NXT UK Tag Team Championships, those things are first of all NXT UK had the best belts of everybody, um, but they they kind of lean more towards a historical way of building a belt. Like they wanted what, what, again, what like you said. You so NXT, the NXT UK Tag Team, yeah, Tag Team Championships, those things are gorgeous, and those like actually look like okay these. Some Ooh. world, some big time people have held these belts before. Ooh. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah, those look nice, right? Like, yeah, those... like, look, it doesn't take much. Give me some horses, give me some lions, Bro. give me some, you know, give me some just looking like some abstract animal on there and gold plated, and it's going to look like a good belt. You, you know, Thank don't you. get too crazy. Bro, the tag team titles now, they have two Spartan helmets. Cool, solid, that's fine, but it's a silver uh, plate. Like that, that to me, that silver means second place to me. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No. I don't so, like, understand. yeah, if you don't have gold, I, I really don't want to pay attention to you. You know, well, even though I like it, and I said I like it, the new belt, the new Raw Championship belt, I do love the way it looks for the most part, but I don't like how the WWE is silver. It should all be gold to me because that silver, yeah, like the way the that. WWE stands out, is like a little too prominent. It all should yeah. be gold, but. You know, hey, going back to the Attitude Era, man, I, I'm that. Give me that. Uh, what do they call it? The one with the eagle on it. The winged the eagle, one, baby. Yeah, the winged eagle, baby. Yeah, give me that. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I, I'm a big Goldie guy, but I, I get it. And and I guess he he kind of the inspiration for that new title was kind of a mix of both, I guess. But uh, yeah, I like it. it's clean for the most part. Yeah, for the most part, I think they're heading in the right direction, anyways. Like they made some changes. They're they're heading in the right direction. So, but yeah, man, uh, hit our top five. Ran down some WWE topics and AEW a little bit. But yeah, Morgan, I appreciate you hopping on with me, bro. It was good to talk to wrestling with you. We've we've done it a million times before, but I'm glad we got to actually do it on the podcast. You know, no, this mean? is real, man. This is real. Like uh uh like I said, I was a little bit nervous to be on it because one, you got your thing going on. I've been listening to a few episodes, like you you're, yeah. you're carrying on that Pioneer Sports Podcast uh, torch. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was flying colors. And so I was like, I don't yeah, want to come on here it. and mess it all up. So I know I talked a lot. Uh, you're probably no. going to cut me down a lot, so I hope it's not too no, much of the good, editor boss. or anything. But uh, nah, no, man, let's do this some more. And the more I'm watching wrestling, the more I'm into it, the more I actually have some solid opinions, some knowledge, hopefully, rather than just, you know, talking about L.A. Knight for an hour. So, uh, <laughs> But you no. can do. You know what I mean? There's no problem with that. <laughs> hey, just you put know L.A. Knight in the, in the title of the podcast and get instant views. So Exactly. But, yeah, but nah, man, you know. hey, I love it. I love chopping up with you anytime, so hope I can be back on again. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh Folks out there, definitely you can hit us up on the LMG podcast uh, on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, the uh, League of Melanated Gentlemen Facebook group. Uh, that's where we talk different things, talking wrestling, but plenty of other things as well. 
Um, you can hop in there and uh, talk to me. And if you got a top five that you got a different one, hit me up in that Facebook group. Uh, we're talking about getting an Instagram. We're talking, you know, we're on different platforms. So definitely be on the lookout for that. But otherwise, we out. Yeah.